You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. everybody this is victoria your dog guru and today we are talking about your dog we're having another episode where we address all of your doggy do's don'ts all your problems that's what we're here for so let's get right into it question comes from Meredith and Meredith writes dog guru I listen to your show every week and my first question may be one of your easier ones this weekend I'm getting a new puppy and I really want to know how to start off right now on the right paw things like what do I do when he's sleeping at night where does he need to sleep how often do I need to take him out I'm kind of at a loss here anything you could tell me would be helpful thanks so much Meredith Okay, so all great questions. Where do we start? So the first thing you wanna do is you wanna make sure that you're not letting him sleep in the same bed as you. Ideally, a dog will always sleep in their own personal space. I actually have different reasons for this though than most people assume. It isn't because I think, well, it isn't just because if a dog sleeps with you, they tend to think that they're in control of other things. but it's also because dogs sleep, and when they sleep, they dream. So here, let me paint you a little picture. Um, you know, when dogs dream, they don't always, um, well, they, they like chase things that they dream uh, of. They will bite things they dream of. You kind of get the idea now, right? <laughs> like it could be a problem. So my point in saying all of this is, you want to make sure that you set a really early standard that he's going to sleep on his own. That's going to be completely normal. It's not going to be a big deal. And you're not going to make a big deal of it. So uh, that's the first thing I would do. So make sure you have like a little crate for him, um, big enough for him to sit, lay down comfortably, turn around and stand up. But not much more room than that. You should get a crate that has a divider in it. So this way, as he grows, you can move it back further and further. In terms of... Um, how often you need to take them out. That depends a lot on your dog and um, like how big they are. You know, some larger dogs can hold it a little longer than a smaller, like a Chihuahua can't hold it as long as a St. Bernard puppy. Um, But the general rule of thumb is if they've just had something to eat or drink, you're on the clock for 30 minutes tops. Um, So about 30 minutes, 20 minutes in, you can go ahead and take them outside. The best thing that I feel like you could do when you're worrying about potty training early on is go ahead and every time they go to the bathroom where you want them to outside, give them a treat, make a big hip de doo about it, you know, praise them. Good dog, good dog, good dog. And give them a reward. Um, I, I like to use ham or cheese, something that has a heavy scent to it. Um, that's not as important. What you're using is not as important. What's important is that you're marking it every single time. Um, are you still going to get accidents when you're doing everything right? Yeah, hundred percent you are even worse. If you run into a situation where your dog gets sick and then you for sure are going to run into accidents, it's normal. 
Um, but you, you know, if you want to get them off on the right paw, so to speak, then make sure you're marking the right behaviors. When you see your puppies laying down quietly and calmly or playing with a toy or chewing on a toy instead of something that you wouldn't want him chewing on, praise him. You know, go and give him a pat on the head, you know, reward the things that you want to see more of as an adult dog and you'll see more of them as a young dog. Our next question comes from RH and RH writes, dog guru, I think my dog actually has a lot of fears. When I first brought him home, he was skittish. That we got through. But now when I take him on walks, it seems like if he hears anything in the distance, he's ready to take off straight for home. Is there something I could be doing to make him feel better? I took him to a group class about a month ago, and it seemed to make it worse. I definitely don't want to go backwards. He's already feeling pretty down on himself as it is. I look forward to your response, R-H. Okay, so when you're dealing with a dog that has anxiety, it's one of the things that, first of all, a group environment is usually not conducive to learning. Even if their anxiety is rooted around being in social situations, it's just not going to be the kind of payoff that you need them to have to really make a change. So while you were well-intentioned, I just don't think that that obviously was the fit and you know that now, um, I would take the pressure off a little bit. What if you kind of switched gears and instead of taking uh, him out everywhere, you limit everything to your street and just try that for two weeks. Um, get him really familiar, have him do a sit and then put him in a stay and then just walk to the end of the leash, you know, just a six foot distance, not super far. What you're doing is you're taking away your emotional security blanket from him just, just a little bit, you know, he may fidget and then you put him back in his place and then you wait again. Um, but teaching him to be independent in his own space is where I would start. And then I would start worrying about, okay, because I'm not so sure that this is a sound issue. Um, dogs that are sound sensitive are usually not secure in their environment. So it's possible that, you know how he adjusted where you were? Well, that was all controlled and consistent and everything's predictable there. You take him outside and he didn't see that cat yesterday and the lawnmower wasn't going two days ago. And so to him, it's a different deal. And dogs don't generalize well. So with that in mind, I would definitely err on the side of caution and not go uh, off the Richter scale. You know, start on a conservative route and, you know, limit to your street. Start isolating his position. If he gets nervous when you start taking a step away, that means that he needs more emotional space, um, which means that you don't really need to go further away from home because just walking to the end of the leash is about all he can handle as far as distance goes. So uh, I would I would start with focusing where you're at and build there. You know, work on eye contact, work on him holding his own space. Maybe get a long uh, like a long canvas line you know, 25 feet. If he can handle being 25 feet away from you and holding his position, that's when I would start leaving the street. Um, and then once you've got his eye contact and, you know, you didn't mention that leash walking was an issue as far as pulling. So, you know, once you've got his eye contact, you can have a more cohesive walk uh, when you go adventure further off the road. Think of it this way. Right now, he needs to think that the street is your new house. And then maybe you build from there, but you know, the association will start coming a lot quicker. You won't always have to wait this long for him to feel comfortable in a new place. But right now, better to be patient because dogs that are 
you know, skittish when you get them can easily break down depending on how new the relationship is. So you don't want to put too much stress or pressure there. Uh, also, you might look into finding a behaviorist in your area if you feel like it really gets out of control. We do have more of your questions to get to, but before I answer those, please take a moment to listen to this commercial. Hey everyone, this is Toph, host of Gravity Beard, a podcast featuring interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. In each episode, I'll either interview a special guest or we'll convene our typical Algonquin roundtable of brilliant minds. Occasionally, we'll even be joined by the host of one of your other favorite podcasts. Then every other week, my buddy Adam stops by for an installment of This Week Today. Whatever we do each week, we promise you'll be entertained. You can find Gravity Beard on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else quality podcasts are sold. And you can always find us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We're also a member of the Podfix Network. Come check us out. Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Our next question comes from somebody who wrote into the website, and she writes... Hi, I got a nine-week-old puppy on Thursday, and I'm just wondering what are some good bully sticks or other sorts of sticks that he can chew on to keep him occupied when he needs to calm down. I just ordered two calm toys as well, but I'm not sure what to stuff them with. Okay. (laughs) Um, She also says, by the way, love your stuff. I listened to six of your podcasts on my way home getting my pup. (laughs) Um, Okay, so just so you guys know, this is what I said to her. I actually recommend using super marrow bones. In my experience, they're healthier. um, They don't splinter. There's less risk with them. It's just a great, inexpensive option. You can get them at your local grocery store at the butcher counter. Very economical. Uh, You won't be disappointed. But I will say two things. First of all, you never give a bone to your dog when they're unattended. So I'm going to say that in any context. And second, um, always consult with a vet because every dog is different. For all I know, your dog could be allergic to meat. I mean, that's kind of, that would be a crazy thing, but it could happen. So uh, just make sure you've cleared all of this with your vet beforehand. Okay, we have one other question. Actually, an email. It says, I just found your podcast and quickly became a fan. Thank you so much. (laughs) I have a question about my dogs aged one year and seven months. I have socialized them since they were puppies and they came into contact with everything in their imprint stages. Tall, short, skinny, fat, wheelchairs, crutches, and walkers. I was very diligent in this as I knew they would grow up to be very large, being that they're husky mixed with a mastiff. The issue that I'm having as the summer approaches, is now children are playing in our favorite place to walk in. They were exposed to children as puppies and periodically since and see kids from a distance daily, but they go for weeks or months without being close to children. I walk my dogs one at a time as a precaution, and each of my dogs in the last week has encountered children, and their body language said, I'm uncomfortable, Mom. Get me out of this situation. So I did. I told the kid that my dog was shy today, and maybe next time she'd be able to pet her. The last thing I want is to unnerve her around tiny humans, to turn her into to turn reactivity into aggression. What might I be able to do to keep my dogs confident and cool around kids while keeping everyone safe? I'm at a loss as I don't want to endanger any children or my dogs. I can switch parks, but there are always children who want to say hi, and I can always say no, but I would like to walk in on a bike path and not have to feel bad for my dogs who see a child and immediately tuck their tails. Is there anything I can do? Thank you for any advice you may have. Your podcast is amazing. Jessica. Oh, I love this email. Thank you, Jessica. Okay, so, wow, so relatable. Um, Totally why I'm doing this. 
First of all, no, I don't want you to change your path, but maybe some of what you're doing right now isn't necessarily working for your dogs. I like that you're walking them one on one because you definitely need to address this with them as individuals. They don't want to, you don't want them triggering one another and they're both large dogs. And I get that you get all of that. So that's great. Um, I also like that you're reading the situation because some people aren't intuitive enough to recognize in their dog when there is a shift. So this is what I would say. First of all, if you have any friends with kids, you need to start there. Um, don't take this show on the road and expect your dogs to be feeling better because first they need to make a relationship with a kid they can trust. And because you say that they've had good experiences in the past, I'm not inclined to believe that you're very far from the mark. I think that what is likely to happen is that when they have a couple more planned experiences where you have control of that dynamic, it's going to go very well. And if it doesn't, you can pull back and work from that point. So what, do, what would that look like? I would probably recommend setting up a time where you can bring one of your dogs over to a friend's house who has an older child, not a young kid, an older child. Work to the young kid later. You know, older children take direction better, and that's important. Um, have somebody who has a, you know, either is okay with dogs, but make sure nobody else's dogs are present. You don't want one dog triggering another. And then what I would do is just every time the child's in the room, just have them say the dog's name and look in the general direction of the dog and toss a treat. Now, this may seem like you're doing nothing, honestly, but you're making an association. That same association can be made anywhere later down the road. Kids equal food. Kids equal payoff. Um, only next time, instead of the kid necessarily offering the food because they, they would be a complete stranger and you wouldn't have any control, you let the dog look at the child and then you go ahead and um, talk, you give them the treat. You know, you distract. You become the reward. Um, you know, I, I do... I would say for now, go ahead and err on the side of caution like you are. Definitely don't push them into a situation where they're not equipped because they're telling you, I don't feel great about this yet. Um, also, anytime the dog sh has like, you know, they freeze and their eyes look like they're not moving or you see the whites on the sides of their eyes, that's them telling you to get out of Dodge because it's either that or they're about to have to growl or bite. Um, so body language for everybody to tune into there. And then also hackles up, meaning hair raising up on the neck or in between the shoulder blades. It can go as low as all the way down the back, depending on breed and how long the hair content is. Uh, if you see hackles up, it's, it's bad news bears. It's time to address it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, when you're talking about reactivity, um, turning into aggression, I don't think you're even at reactivity yet. You're just at awareness. So I would work on getting the dog focused on you when you are in public and then working in private, you know, it would be ideal if you could find several, uh, children that were a little bit trustworthy where their parents knew that, you know, and, and keep the session brief. 30 minutes tops is going to be plenty enough for your dog to get the good experience in and out. So don't expect to do more than coffee over there and make sure that you have the dog on the leash. If you have any inclination that your dog, I mean, you don't have a history of aggression here, but if you have any inclination that things are getting tighter, uh, then go ahead and instead of removing the child from the situation, remove the dog. Um, because you don't want them thinking that the kid is going to inflict themselves on them, but you also don't want to think them thinking that if they start acting abrasive or uncomfortable that that makes the kid leave because then you've got a negative association there. Okay. So start there, see if those things work. Um, you know, in the very beginning, having f a child equal reward is really all you need to, that's your goal. 
that's that's the ultimate goal is making the association there. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. I am so grateful that so many people write into the show. Um, it means so much to me that this has grown to the level it has. I recently mentioned that we had 3,000 subscribers. We're, cl- we're climbing up to 4,000. Um, so, and it's all because of you guys. You're sharing this, and I'm so, it warms my heart. It really does. Um, so thank you so much. If you're interested and would like to donate to the show, you can do that. PayPal.me slash your dog guru. So PayPal.me slash your dog guru. And you can also find it in the show notes. And then if you yourself have a question for me, you can email me at dogguruhereforyou at gmail.com. And do not hesitate. I'm here for you guys and your puppies. So serenity for everybody. I hope everybody's having a very good week. Please continue sending in your comments, your questions, and getting involved in the Dog Guru Hounds group. I saw the cutest photo of a dog named Jackson doing crate training the other day, and I just have to say, so cute. So thank you guys for sharing your photos. They mean a lot to me. Believe it or not, I'm always creeping around in there. That's it for me today, everybody. This has been Victoria, your Dog Guru. Namaste. Namaste.